0: Those of you who I trust are able to join us online today, thank you for joining us for our Boxing Day carol service. Uh, We're going to sing unaccompanied, so I trust you are in good voice uh, this morning. And I'm glad to see that you're taking socially distancing seriously this morning, spread out nice and widely uh, through the church. We're going to be thinking about the wise men coming to look for Jesus following a star and how the story Matthew told is steeped in the Old Testament and reflecting on that and its meaning for us today. But can I suggest that we start by standing to sing the carol, Brightest and Best of the Sons of the Morning. Brightest and best of the Sons of the Morning, Dawn on our darkness and lend us your aid. Let's pray. Loving God, in this season of good news and goodwill, we celebrate the birth of your Son our Saviour, Jesus Christ. He is the Prince of Peace, the Lord of Lords, the Word made flesh. And Jesus, for your birth, for your suffering and death, for your victory over death, your triumph over evil, and the promise that the kingdom will come, we praise you and worship you today. In Jesus' name. Lord, we think of the wise men led by a star and coming to worship you. We thank you that your light shines in our hearts, bringing new beginnings, new purpose, new life. And thank you that you are at work in our lives here and now. We bring our hopes to you, our fears, our concerns thanking you that you understand and that no situation is beyond your power to redeem and transform. We think of how the wise men came to worship you, falling on their knees, bowing in homage, their mood one of joy and exaltation, wonder and privilege. Lord, forgive us that we lose the sense of wonder. We can become casual, complacent. Forgive us if we offer our worship out of a sense of habit or duty, outwardly correct but inwardly empty. And as we think of the wise men bringing gold and frankincense and myrrh, each one an expression of love for you, forgive us that though we've received so much, we give so little. So often we think more of ourselves than of you and we we make our offerings out of routine rather than as an act of consecration. But Lord, we we want this morning to recommit ourselves to the journey of faith. To follow where you would lead us. To bring you our worship and to offer ourselves in joyful service to you and for you. So with all our weaknesses and our failings, accept us. And travel with us on our journey. That we may live and work for you and for your kingdom. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So can I invite you to stand up, give yourself a bit of a shake, stretch, sit down, make yourself comfortable, relax, close your eyes if that helps, and imagine with me, imagine that you are a traveller. You've come a long way, all the way from Arabia, in fact, carrying a small quantity of precious, fragrant, burning resin. You've ridden for hundreds of miles on horseback. You are aching in places you never knew it was possible to ache. You feel sore. At times you've had to travel on foot, till your back aches and your feet hurt because the territory was too forbidding for your horse to ride. And now you find yourself in a strange and unfamiliar country and it's night and the nights are bitterly cold. Yes, yeah, since you became, uh, came climbing into the hills, the temperature has been dropping steadily and it almost feels as if you're at the roof of the world. It's pleasantly hot in the sunshine at noon, but at night it's much colder, the coldest you have ever, ever known. There's frost on the ground. And you've heard tales of this powdery white stuff that covers the sand where the dew has dropped. But no one ever told you what it felt like before. Frost bites at your fingers. The wind cuts into your face. Your knees ache in the middle of the night with only a flimsy tent to protect you. You wrap your thick, woollen, travelling cloak tighter around you, and you continue searching. And you feel a bit scared and lost? Very lost, actually. Although you have travelling companions and a servant with you, you know how vulnerable you are in this strange place with different customs. And it's under military rule as well. Soldiers have been marching past you at regular intervals on the journey. Sometimes you've heard jeers and shouts from these passing cohorts. And the fear is always at the back of your mind that they might turn on you and attack you. We could never defend ourselves against them, there are far too many of them, but so far they've just marched on past their officers, commanded them to walk more quickly, and they've disappeared over the horizon, the soles of their boots drumming rhythmically into the road. Yet the fear has stayed. A sense of despair as well, tiny voice inside, Asking whether you're wasting your time. Whether you're crazy to leave everything you've known behind you to go on this journey looking. Because you've come to search for a newborn king. And you're looking for some answers in life as well. You thought the obvious place to look for a king would be in a palace. But the only palace near this place has no children's cries in it. Only a bad-tempered ruler who looked as if he could have murdered you on the spot. And a few local priests of the ancient and complex religion they follow around here. These holy men directed you six miles to the south. But you really aren't sure who you can trust. The king who asks you to report back to him with a cold steel of threat in his voice. Or the priests who've consulted their ancient books and have given you the name of a timely hamlet miles away from anywhere significant. Your confusion and anxiety grow. Has this long journey all been for nothing? But you carry on through the night till you reach this village such as it is. Someone scrawled the name of a place on a wooden post near near a watering trough and it's riddled with caves. You have no idea where to go. And yet as you look up in the sky, the starlight seems to crystallise through the freezing air, pointing the way to one old family home in particular. <laughs> a place as about as far removed from a palace as you could find. Deeply, deeply ordinary. And yet something makes you want to look further. You lift the latch and the first thing that hits you is the smell. Animals. There's a cow there. You smell the cow and whatever the cow had for breakfast. It's not, not a particularly pleasant aroma. And as your eyes adjust and you look around, you see there's a scrubbed corner. And in the scrubbed corner, a young woman is lying down looking exhausted. And an older man is persuading her to try and have a drink of wine. You greet them, but the old man looks puzzled. And you realise just how far away you are from home. So you try again, using the the rough trading group you've picked up over the years and he replies falteringly hello stranger, welcome come on in I've come from a long way away, you see I'm looking for a baby king he points at a feeding trough perhaps he's offering food for the horses and you hesitate and you go over and you peer inside and you're shocked There's a baby there, too purple and wrinkled to be more than a few hours old, tiny, fragile, wrapped in pieces of cloth. You stare straight into the child's eyes, and he seems to stare straight back at you in an unfocused sort of way. And you move closer. What's in your heart? What do you say to this baby? And as you look at the baby, what thoughts come to your mind? There are no words, but his eyes seem to convey a message into your very soul. How do you feel? What do you sense this baby might be saying to you? And you feel compelled to give the child a gift? You've bought frankincense from your home country, but you also want to give him something more, something personal, something just between you and this child that nobody else knows about. What did this child want from you, need from you? What can you give? And then your companions come in as well, and they present their gifts, and you all leave after a brief conversation, but none of you really know what to say. You know, something tremendously important has happened. You sit and think about what all this might mean. You think about where do I go from here? What happens next? And then you hear singing, strange ghostly music which seems to come from the clouds and the frosty air itself. It's both a song of joy and a lullaby. And you head on your way out into the night. Let's stand and sing the carol together, We Three Kings of Orient Are. I'm not going to start singing until you stand, so... They were looking in the wrong place going to Jerusalem, and they had endangered the life of the child they'd come to worship. Where is Jesus? Herod asked his wise men. Where do the scriptures say the Christ is to be born? And they pointed him in the direction of Bethlehem. Where is Jesus? Where do we find him now? If you go to Bethlehem, you won't find him there anymore. He's long gone. Where is he now? Matthew's telling of the story is steeped in the Old Testament. And we're going to go on a journey together, part treasure hunt, part Bible study on the theme. The idea is that Kieran is going to help us look for things around the church. And as we find things in the church, there will be Bible references that you might look up on your phone. Or there are a few Bibles around the church if you want to look up the references and see what they say. So we're going to do this together. Um, I've only given the reference to the scripture in each object. So the idea is that you have to do some work as well. So we're going to start with the Bible itself. Kieran, do you want to go and see if you can find a Bible? There's a Holy Bible over there in that direction of the church. Do you want to go and see if you can find it? Who's going to take you? Nana? Lovely. Thank you. That's grand. That's good. Further away at the back. Yep. And is there a reference in it? There is. Yes, please. What's the reference? Numbers 24, verse 17. Numbers 24, verse 17. Would someone like to look that up and find it for us, please? Thank you. You got it? Thank you, Michael. saw a star and a star is predicted in Numbers 24 uh, a ruler, a star will come out of Jacob a scepter will rise out of Israel so Kira, now we're looking for a star do you want to see me find a star? it's your star because you had it at the Christingle the other day can you see your star? As that style is another style as well. And can you see a reference in that style? Isaiah 9 verse 7. 9, verse 7. Anyone want to look that up for us please? Isaiah 9 verse 7. Alison, you got it? Thank you, Brian. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom. So now we're looking for a throne which has a scepter on it just to identify as a throne. So I'm not going to ask you to bring the throne over, but if you could bring the scepter over that's on the throne, that's got another reference on it. You got it? Okay. But you from Bethlehem and Bethlehem heard you at school among the next plans Out of Judah, you will come for me one who will be of ruler over Israel. Its origins are from old, from ancient times. Thank you. The wise men went to the capital city looking for a throne. They went where they thought they would find a king. Herod asked his wise men, and said, no, you need to go to Bethlehem. And this is the verse that they looked up. But you... Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me who will be ruler over Israel. The next clue, Bethlehem. You need to know what Bethlehem Bethlehem means in Hebrew. Do we have any Hebrew people here, any Hebrew speakers or biblical scholars know what Bethlehem means? Okay, it means house of bread. So we're looking for some bread. find some bread there as well? Psalm 72 verses 10 and 15. Psalm 72 verses 10 and 15. Thank you. Terry.
1: Psalm 72.
0: Psalm 72, verses 10 and 15, yes.
1: The kings of Tarshish and of distant shores will bring tribute to him. The kings of Sheba and Seba will present him gifts. All kings will bow down to him. And all nations will serve him. For he will deliver the needy who cry out, the afflicted who have. No help, no one to help. He will take pity on the weak and on the needy, and save the needy from death. He will rescue them from oppression and violence, for precious is their blood in his sight. Long may he live, may gold from Sheba be given to him, may people ever pray for him and bless him all day long.
0: Thank you, Terry. So, Psalm 72 is, is a psalm written to honour God's anointed ruler. Psalm 72 talks about the kings of Sheba and Seba presenting you with gifts. Matthew just talks about wise men from the East. The idea that they were kings comes from Psalm 72. Kings coming and honouring God's anointed ruler and bringing him gifts. Gold, one of the gifts we know they brought, is mentioned in Psalm 72 as well. And these kings are said to come from Sheba and Seba. Um, so do we have any cat owners here? Any cat owners here? Okay, okay. Jan, you have a cat? What does Sheba mean to you as a cat owner? I don't know, she's gorgeous. Okay, fair enough. We're looking for some cat food. (laughs) What is the cat food, Sue, and what's the reference, please? food afterwards you're welcome to it, John. Colossians 1 127, Pauline, thank you. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ to give you the hope of glory. Thank you Thank you. God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. You won't find Jesus in a manger in Bethlehem today. You won't find him in a palace in Jerusalem. Nor will you find him in a temple, be it ever so grand. In Isaiah 66, God says, Heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. What kind of house do you think you can build for me? But the Lord says he will look to the person who's humble and contrite in spirit and who trembles at his word. The only temple God looks for today, the only place he wants to live is in your heart. So if you open your heart to Jesus this Christmas time, that is where he will be found today. And as Paul says, that's a great mystery. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the message of Christmas. And that's the hope of Christmas. So let's stand and sing together, O Little Town of Bethlehem.
1: ta Please be
0: seated. And can I lead you in prayer, let's pray. Lord, as we think of the journey of the wise men, their determination to greet you, their determination to persevere despite difficulties and disappointments along the way. Forgive us if we lose their sense of vision, if we don't share their willingness to to take a pilgrimage into the unknown in the confidence that you will lead us. Forgive us if our response to you has lost its initial sparkle or the flame which once burned so brightly has grown cold and our hearts are no longer stirred by the prospect of seeing you face to face. Reignite the flame of love and commitment within us, we pray. And we thank you that you led the wise men on their journey and your light was always with them, a guiding star, a sign of your presence, a call to follow until they came to the place where the child lay. Lord, open our hearts to your guidance. Enable us to see your hand. Give us a desire to find your way rather than ours help us to be ready to pay the cost of following you wherever you may lead help us to think of faith as a journey into the future rather than assuming we've already arrived and as we think of the wise men worshipping you their joy and exaltation wonder and privilege Lord we pray that you would give us that sense of commitment and love and dedication to you that they had. Lord, the future year is unknown to us, but we pray for your leading and your guidance and your provision. Make us faithful. Keep us faithful. Help us to walk in your ways. Would you draw us close to each other and to you? And may your light always go ahead of us, leading us forward. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the picture on the screen, please. This is a picture of um, the wise man that worshipped Jesus, painted by Giotto, the Italian painter in the 14th century, the adoration of the Magi. Look at it for a moment and reflect. And What catches your eye? What do you notice about it? What strikes you as you look at the picture? Any thoughts or comments or questions or feedback on it? It was painted in 1304 to 1306. One notable feature is the star. Uh, You can see it there above the the roof, which looks a bit like a stable. Giotto painted the star as Hadley's Comet, Comet, which passed overhead in 1301. And uh, he may well have seen it or heard about it. It made a significant impression on him. And one theory about the Star of Bethlehem is that it actually was Hadley's comet. That passed over in about 12 BC, so the dates are a little bit out, perhaps too soon to coincide with the birth of Jesus, but maybe there's a connection somewhere along the line. If you look at the foreground, you'll see that the whole scene takes place on a rock. And actually the rock is massive, comes across the base of the picture and rises up behind the stable as well. It is huge. And that everything that happens takes place upon the solid foundation of a rock. And Giotto wanted to convey the idea that actually there is a solid basis to this story. A firm basis for our faith. The Lord is our rock. It's a firm foundation for our faith. The the image is one of security and of permanence. And within the stable we can see Mary... Joseph and at least one angel, perhaps with another one in the background. Their attention is all focused upon Jesus. Mary's red dress also kind of draws our attention a little bit to that part of the picture. And again, we see the child and the three kings also uh, focusing on Jesus, worshipping and kneeling before him to present their gifts. The one person not looking at Jesus is the young man on the left-hand side of the picture, whose attention is focused on the camel, which appears to be smiling quite happily. Yeah. And uh, actually, when you look at the camel, you see there's red on the camel's back, and that kind of diverts our attention away from Jesus towards the left-hand side of the picture, the young man, the camel, the red. And our attention could be distracted from Jesus this Christmas time. And intriguingly, the young man staring up at the camel is the only one in the picture without a halo around his head. Is that because he's not looking at Jesus? Is that because he's not worshipping? Or is there some sense actually in which you need to have the anointing of the Spirit to recognise who Jesus is and to be enabled to worship him? There's a lot this Christmas to take our minds up for Jesus. Giotto invites us to worship with Mary and Joseph and the angels and the wise men. He invites us to recognise that our faith is based on the solid rock, but maybe there's a warning there as well about how easy it is to be distracted, if not to camels, then to all kinds of other things which take our focus off of Jesus. But the invitation is for us to adore the Son of God, who is the saviour of the world, with the wise men and the angels and with Mary. And with Joseph. Have I missed anything? Do I have any art critics here who are going to say, there's this bit that you've missed in the picture. Anyone want to chip in and say, this, this, this bit is significant to me, and we're not focused on that? The purity of the blue sky. Sorry, Michael? The purity. The purity of the blue sky. Yep. Yeah. A very, very blue sky. Often Mary's dressed in blue as a sign of heaven. But yes, the pure, blue is a symbol of heaven. Uh, and, and there's clearly a sense in which this is a heavenly scene. Thank you for drawing that out. Yes, very much so. That's important too. Terry? Very few different colours. Very few different colours, yeah. And the
1: others are
0: sort of more purple more Green, green, tint. Yeah, purple, green, tint. But again, the, the focus on the, the, the red and the orange in the stable is it, it, the warmest part of the picture. And again, it's the bit that you feel, oh, that's where I wanna be. That's where I want to be. Thank you, yeah. Okay, thanks to Giotto, thank you to you for your contributions. We're going to sing our final carol this morning, which is God rescue Mary Gentlemen. Can I invite you to stay? God rescue Mary. Mary. We thank you that the tidings of comfort and joy are true. We thank you for the assurance we have that because of Jesus, evil will be overcome, hope will replace despair, joy will come after sorrow, and life will triumph over death. So fill us with your light, your love, and your peace. Guide our footsteps into the future, that we may live our lives as a light for others the glory of your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us, whether here or online. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and may God keep you all in this coming week. Amen. And why not greet each other, as we said at the end of the carol, from a socially distanced perspective?